You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. In the name of Allah, most gracious, ever merciful. Welcome. Good morning. Assalamu alaikum. And may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all for Thursday morning breakfast show with myself, Qayyum. And joining me today are the dynamic duo, Brother Khalid and Brother Asif. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Peace be on you. Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you. Welcome to another show, Thursday. We're here again. How's, how's your week been since last week? My week's always good, man. Yeah. It's, always, always. It's, always, it's always a pleasure to be here. It's always an honor and privilege to be presenting, that, to have this opportunity to be, especially working with you gentlemen. <laughs> ah. Brother Asim. Yeah, as You're not come. allowed to stay silent on radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's illegal. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing? All good? All good, man. How are you? Alhamdulillah, all good, all good. All good? Yeah. What does that mean? What does what mean? All good? All good. All good means uh, life's going. Life's good? Yeah. All praise belongs to Allah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. All praise belongs to Allah. Exactly. As usual. Yes. We are here today with some interesting topics for the morning. And today they are interesting topics. <laughs> We're going to, as usual, go through our uh, normal news roundup. But before we do that, we're going to go through um, our British tradition. And we're going to hold up the tradition. We're going to talk go through the weather. But before we do that, uh, just to let you know, we're going to be talking about vape, uh, vaping um, f- as part of our first segment. Mm. Um, interesting phenomenon. Um, new habit. Uh, some people say yes. Some people say no. Um, nobody really knows the truth because it hasn't been around long enough mm. and there hasn't been enough research done. But uh, some people recommend it, some don't, and that's what we're going to be talking about from 7.30 onwards. Um, <clears throat> and then after the news, we're going to be talking about Kenya. We're going to be talking about ecosystems. Um, if you want to contribute to any of all these conversations, we would love to hear from you. It's 0208-687-7878. And Brother Khalid and Brother Rasim would love to answer your questions <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that I, 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 excellent <laughs> I like or if that. you if you want to join us yes. on our social media platforms feel free to give us um a, a tingle on at voice of islam uk or email us uh, via our website www.voiceofislam.co.uk gentlemen um it's actually um nice out there i know it's mm. a little bit you know the the damp weather and whatnot, mm-hmm. but comparatively to what we've been going through, uh, what's uh, what's the weather saying, brother Asim? Yes, absolutely. So the headline is that many areas fine and dry with sunny spells. Mm. Uh, today, some mainly light showers for northern and eastern areas. Otherwise, a mainly fine day for many. Light winds away from the southeast, where brisk uh, northerlies will make for a chilly feel. Mm. Otherwise, temperatures near to slightly below normal. So, not quite short short weather, yeah, yet, but it's still nice. It's very mild, like you were saying, yeah, yeah. Uh, very mild weather. Thing is, you mm, see, in mm. this, you know, in this country, what I've tend to found mm. forever, yes, we're never happy with weather. <laughs> <laughs> we cro- we 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 <laughs> we talk about how cold it is, and when's the heat gonna come? And when the heat comes, we think, oh my <laughs> god, this is too hot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want it to be too hot. We don't have we, we this country is not made for this heat. We don't have air conditioners. We don't have this. We don't have that. Yeah. And then when the heat starts to go, this thing like, oh we. And then what makes me laugh is mm. we have three days of heat. Mm. And then when the heat goes, we think, we had a fantastic summer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> think, well, how fantastic was it? Three days? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then when it gets cold and we think, oh, man, this is too cold. Oh, no. 
Well, the the infrastructure can't handle it, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And that is so true what yeah. you just said. You know, it's like every time we talk of weather, we talk of uh, rail tracks. Mm. Oh yes, exactly. I never ever this the, the you know probably mm. leaves on the tracks uh, um, where the train was disrupted was I think twenty years ago, mm. and the 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 rail network has never lived that down. No, because because <laughs> it gets quoted even today. Well, yes. the trains get stopped because there are leaves on the train. Mm. And so the weather, of course, weather is uh, is is uh, is changing. Yes, is getting better. I think it's getting better. But I tell you, mm. besides from the weather, mm. what's my bear bug in London? Tell me. And I'm sure uh, you know. <laughs> I I I'm 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 going to mention uh, brothers and sisters in in uh, Londonderry, Cardiff, mm. Leeds. Um, Manchester, Manchester, yes. Um, you know, in in, in uh, Glasgow, Edinburgh, and Bradford. Um, you know, yeah. I'm sure these the, all of our brothers and sisters out there. I know the weather is over there a little. This year, you've had it better. Normally, it's London who gets it good, and the North gets it bad. But this year, you guys are kind of taking the lead, and you got a lot better weather than we did. Um, but mm. my bugbear, yes, tell me traffic. Oh, I want to know who decides mm. roadworks. Wow, because yeah. because I see roadworks, mm -hmm. I see no people. <laughs> I see temporary traffic lights. Yes. I see no people, yes. and I see temporary traffic lights where there is no work. There's road. There is no roadworks needed. It's literally just cones, and that's yes. it. Yes, <laughs> and I'm like, this is some kind of sinister plan to get people off cars and onto London transport. Okay, even if that works. It's too tr it's too expensive to get on a bus and a train and a tube. It doesn't work. If I'm gonna pay <laughs> to get on a train or a tube, I want a seat. Oh, of course. I want yeah, Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wi-Fi, exactly. Mm. I want aircon. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. After COVID, mm. everyone is got this thing in their head. Of course, rightfully so. Yes. You know that the more closer you are to each other, the virus, the infection, catching it, this, that, mm. the other. So, and and people who think. London's going to become Amsterdam. Mm. You need to wake up. In Amsterdam, mm. it took twenty years to get to where it is. Right. Mm. Bikes do have precedence over other. Oh yes. But their transportation system is fantastic. Mm. The trams are everywhere. It's cheap. Mm. There is space. London is not built to be Amsterdam. I tell you what. One of the I think the running jokes is that we're trying to put these. Uh, inf infrastructure in place and we're trying to get uh, psychopaths right hmm. speak to any cyclist ask them how bad those yeah. psychopaths are so that that's ultimately they have to come onto the road which is annoying for everyone but the psychopaths are dangerous if you ever go over them, they're so bumpy <laughs> they're not flat you know roads which were built for horse and carts oh. <laughs> yes. are now carrying yes first a lorry then a bus then cars now bicycles and motorbikes and mopeds and scooters mm. and the road is still exactly the same yes it's not the size of the road which is problematic it's the people who are making the decisions. It's the size of what's between the ears where there's problems here. <laughs> <laughs> they need to be thinking kind of what's what's really happening here. And again, these then then there's these local area networks where they're oh yeah they're they're blocking off residential roads oh, and keeping and throwing people on main roads because yes, yes. No, it's polluting the air. Yeah, I know. But what about the people mm. where where all the traffic is is heading mm. towards? Thank you. Don't don't they matter? Or or because they live on a on the main road, mm. their lives and their breathing isn't um, is, mm. is 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 irrelevant. 
because you happen to live on the side street. I'll tell you, uh, case in point about something you were just saying just there. This uh, bridge, was it Hammersmith Bridge? It's been closed forever. It's been closed forever, yeah. and, and, and it's terrible. The traffic, that's, like you said, one road is blocked off, yep. and then they send it around the other way. And the other joke is, the running joke now is that there's all these little roads that you can't yeah. go down certain roads. Yeah, yeah. And then, if you don't know, like uh, you get hit with a fine, yeah. you know. So someone's, someone's it's a hundred and thirty pound fine if you don't pay it within fourteen days. It's like it's a money making scheme. Hundred percent. It's money making. Yes. yes. But, but what people need to realize mm. also is, especially these guys who make these decisions, mm. people will pay. Yes. People will pay. People will go over the odds. Mm. They will. They will scream and shout on forums and mm. and and people like me who are mm. coming on. But I am not coming out of my car. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know why? Because it's comfortable. Yes. Do you know why? Mm. Because I can stop anytime I want. In a bus, I can't. In a train, I can't. In a tube, I can't. Exactly. And and yes, if maybe mm. maybe if it was a fantastic infrastructure, because a lot of people talk about, oh, we London's got a brilliant mm. system. I'm sure it does. Mm. But it ain't better than my car. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's it. That's it. No, but at the end of the day, yeah. that's what it's about. No, but you talk about infrastructure. When sometimes you you could be on a bus or a tube, and then it stops in the middle of the tunnel, or the bus stops in traffic. Mm-hmm. Is it is it's not a win win situation. It's a lose lose situation. Wherever you go, you know you're stuck. But mm. again, mm. the traffic reason is addition to these ne- network uh, restrictions and whatnot, local area. But the road works. There's no, th- there's no cohesive thinking. No, I think it's in Holland, and I'm sure uh, if I'm co- um, somebody will call and correct it. If a utility company digs up a hole, mm. it, it has to be done at night. Yes. They can't work in the day. Excellent. They have to contact other utility companies to let them know. Mm. That they have dug a hole to do some works. If they want to do works as well, they will leave it open. See? So they can come and do the work. Mm. So it doesn't like, it won't happen what happens here. It's like on a Monday, like the gas people come, they dig it up, and then they do the most worst possible job to put it back. Thank you. And then a week later, another company will come in, and a week later, somebody (laughs) else will come. Yes. Instead of them being able to kind Mm. of do it in one go. And, And again, Temporary traffic lights being put on. Yes. Why can't people do these things at night? Do you know, the, one of my bugbears is actually also, you know, you talk about roadworks and these sort of things, right? It's like when we heard it was December, right? Yeah. Everyone's, of course, traveling from all around the That's UK. It. And they said, don't use your cars, use the public transport. And then what happens? Oh, we, we're, not, we're not running train services. We're not running coach services. Mm. Because we got engineering problems, this and that, blah 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 blah. Engineering, come on! It's, it's they're really killing the consumer, mm-hmm. the person traveling, you know. And on top of that, all the strikes. Yes, <laughs> yes, and that's that's another side exactly. But uh, it's, it's unfair to blame the strikes. <laughs> <laughs> the people striking this year, they, yeah. they've got a. I feel for them. You know, I I think mm. it's not just rail people; mm. it's genuinely, mm. genuinely. Um, I was reading the statistics somewhere. 40% of mm. our public sector workers, 40% mm. um, rely on some sort of um, social welfare mm. benefits. Yeah, yeah. 40%. Yes. That's not... If the people who are going to run the system, they are part and parcel of the churning of that system which runs the government, if they are having to rely on the government to pay them... Mm. That's just, it doesn't make sense in any way, shape, and form. 
I, I find it bizarre, mm. um, and this will take us on to kind of what the newspapers are be talking about, is there is the lack of integrity, the lack of... And, and, and this, this word, which is blatantly simple, mm. it's called a lie, mm. is redefined um, into so many other spin-off words like alternate truth. Oh. Alternate facts, yes, yes. Spin, economical with the truth, mm. and people who are people from all people from all walks of life who are in decision-making powers where they are making decisions which affect the lives of people mm. are are being victim to this from local to national to international level, and it. If if there's no integrity, if there is no justice, if there is no sincerity and truthfulness yes. coming from the people who govern us, we 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 will end up in this condition that we are in at the moment. Mm. Do you know what? The, uh, there's a very good point you touched upon. There. Like you said, the people that are in power, that are governing us, what example are they setting to the next generation who then think, Okay, if they're doing it, it's okay for us to do it. Exactly. We're struggling. And you, when you talk about the 40% of people that are striking, uh, oh, sorry, that 40% of people Public that... sector, they're having to rely on... Rely on, yeah. on, on, on benefits. You know, one of the things I found out, I was, I was working in a, in a hospital last year, and the food in the canteen... Yes. We took about five, six pounds for a meal, mm. right? Mm. And not... No, no disrespect to anyone. It's not always the nicest food, mm. and the, and the patients have the same food. But you're talking about nurses who are working twelve hour shifts, trying to go and get some lunch, and then have to pay five six pounds. Yep, even with the discount, it comes down to four pounds. And then you got the House of Commons, yes, who go and and they have three co- you know, three st- what do you call them high quality meals for example yeah, yeah. three course five course that's been subsidised by us yeah. and they're paying like three pounds yeah. or even mm. two pounds forty yep. for a high quality meal for three restaurant meal for three yeah. pounds yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh restaurant God. quality meal mm-hmm. yeah I, I'm, I'm not sure if it's three course meal but they were given an example of like, one dish right high quality food very nicely presented two pounds 40 and it's been discounted we're paying for it mm-hmm. but then the people that actually need the support people like nurses doctors frontline stuff like you said who are working 24 hours saving our health mm-hmm. saving our skins mm-hmm. looking after us you know, it's not about clapping for them. At least give them some appreciation. Give them back what they need. And then they're having to go on benefits. Maybe, right? maybe go and clap the person who made that decision. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. exactly. I, I, you know, sometimes I just think we make politics really difficult. Mm. People like nurses, doctors, mm. police, fire. So teachers, yes. Teachers. Mm. And so the essentials, health, education, and law. Yes. I would ring fence them that no political party can come and mangle with their conditions. I would mm. give them inflationary pay rises, which is fixed forever. And the condition, you can never strike. Mm. Yep, but I will give them, and, and I will, I will, I will uh, make uh, standards. They have to set a certain standard, a high standard. But ring-fence them. Yes. And and give them the provision they need because if you think about it, a country that has law, yes, which is respected and followed, a country that has a good health system, yes, and it delivers, and a country which has good education and it delivers, and people feel safe, yes, then they would not all, all these things, everything else, yeah, do what you want. Mm. 
But I'll, leave these things alone. Yes. I see my thing. I think we found the next candidate for the mayor of London. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> I, think, I think the thing but is... I would... Listen, mm. if I was to be ever mayor of London, mm. all you would see on the roads is cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the thing is... The thing is... is, is, is this, 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 um, this way that people that have a certain amount of power or people that do have the power are so out of touch with the common man, you know? You know, if I was London mayor, I yeah. would say... I would, I would put, uh, I would create the cycle lanes mm. on the pavements. Like I would shorten the pavements. Yes, okay. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say underground. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Cyclists have a place. Okay. Yeah, cyclists have a place. They, you know, it, they have made an improvement. Mm. Mm. I would allow cars to go into the side streets, but I wouldn't allow. But I would. They, they would have to be hybrids or electrics. Fair enough. Yeah, because. This because they don't cause that pollution that the diesel or the petrol. Will. So I would say, okay, use the side streets, but they need to be, uh, you know, electric vehicles. Or um, I would, I, I would uh, the London transport system. Yes. Yes. I would. I would uh, um, uh, subsidize it for students. Yes. Um, and and uh, very good, excellent. Yeah. I would say, you know, or even if affordability is there, make it free. Hmm. Yeah, for students. Hmm. And, and, and again, and roadworks yes. can only be done at night time. Khalid Sab, should we join him? I think we will. Let's, let's, yeah. let's support the campaign. No, you heard think it. about it. <laughs> yes. Your roads, hmm. if, your, if your roads are free, your infrastructure is churning, is moving. Your, you know, like deliveries, big lorries. They are, they, I would give them a time limit. They can't use London in the daytime. Like big lorries for deliveries mm, to big yes, places. Yes. You know, use it uh, 6 p.m. to 6, 6 a.m. Fine, yes. use that window. Interesting. That's but, true. But mm. get London kind of moving. And I will change the the, the, the way the council tax is uh, um, calculated. Any, any property over a million quid, mm. you know, if your property is worth more, your council tax has got to be worth more. 100%. No? 100%. That's the thing. It's 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 heartbreaking. Look, I heard a story yesterday. It was really 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 sad. Some uh pensioner, right? About 84 years old passed away because they decided whether to eat or keep the house. And because it was so cold, they caught pneumonia and passed away. You know, that's heartbreaking. In 2023, come on, we're not we're not we're not in the middle ages. And there's so many things that uh, it's just you know this is one of the things our our beloved caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mizan Mushfur Ahmad, may Allah strengthen his hand. He said, you know, when you don't have equality in society, hmm. this is what happens. When the 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 rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer, the extremes. You know, this is what Islam is about: is putting a balance out there. Absolutely. When you have extremes, yeah, yeah. extreme super rich who are not paying their taxes, by the way, because the nondoms. Yes, thank you. The non-domicile. Yes, they pay their taxes in another country, but you know we're, we're yeah. going into yes. uh, we're going in fact <laughs> you know it, mm. th there's a topic we can cover in the future. You know we mm. can talk about. In fact, mm. that's an idea. Next time, me and all of us get together, 
you're going to be the mayor, you're going to be the mayor, you're going to tell me how you would run the country, you're going to tell me how you would run the country. Mm. There's a good show, that to, to be at. Definitely. Uh, producers who are listening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That's Brother Khalid's suggestion. Yes. <laughs> you know, if, if, if you don't mind, you know, you just one of the things you alluded to there was um, the pressures on all, like, frontline staff. So one of the news articles I actually picked up was from the BBC uh, News website, bbc.co.uk. Uh, and uh, the... Topic there is entitled, or the headline is entitled, NHS pressure, staff leave social care for more money. Kuyum, you and I, we've worked in social care. We yep. still do it some, some, to some extent. It's got nothing to do with money. No. In a sense mm. where now money's become relevant yes. simply because they can't afford to live the life they want to. That's right. They're Absolutely. not able yeah. to provide mm. the service, the love that they have for providing a service. They can't do that. So, so they don't have a choice. This mm. is the point why nurses, this is the first time in history yes. nurses are striking. Yes. This is not something that happens uh, a lot. Mm. Nurses have never done, uh, gone on strike. But they've got to a point where the, the, the salary that they're given doesn't give them enough for them to be able to provide the service and pro and do the job that they love. That's right. That's why they're striking. That's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and like you say, excuse me. Yeah. People go into these professions, whether it's uh, the police force or the ambulance yes. service or the. Like, they want to serve. Exactly. Teachers they want as well. to serve. I mean, this story that you mm. talked about again, uh, going back to the newspapers, mm. it says, "How can this uh, be? How can this be the sad reality of our country?" Barbara Bolton, 87, mm. a former news agent, died of hypothermia because she was worried about the cost of heating her, 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 her terraced home. Mm. As ambulance workers revealed, they take the elderly to hospital, fearing otherwise they will die of the cold. Again, going back to what you were it's talking about. And we, we've got, we've got, uh, we've mm. got pensioners who, who, who made sacrifices yes. for freedom of this country yes. in the war. They've paved the way for us. Yep. And, and, yep. and now our governors mm. are... Um, more worried about uh, you know their horses heating, um, or who's paying more tax in which country, um, and and again you know uh, people need to realise it's it's not as clear cut as some people make it. It's people on on both on all sides of the floors, mm. irrespective of your of your allegiances to which party. It's yes. not about party That's anymore. Right. Thank it you. isn't about party anymore. Whether you come from, whether you're blue, red, orange, or green, mm. the 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 lack of integrity, truthfulness, is a question that is raised in the mother for the whole of the mother of parliaments, which is the, the where the decision of this country is made, and that needs to be tackled. Yes. And it also, really I think uh, there must be a reason why it's only happening in the UK. Mm. Okay, and you know, this is you're 100 percent right. Mm. People have this thing about, oh, well, it's happening around the world. No, it's not. not yes, not, not to the extent that it's happening. Yeah, here. it's not happening around the world. Mm -hmm. And this notion of um, uh, around the world yes. um, is, is well, what does that mean? Because if you look at uh, most of European Union, with all its flaws, it still runs. Yeah, it still runs. There's a smoothness about it. And of course, all political systems will have the the, the um, its its uh, its uh, its cons along with its pros. It, it, and it goes back to the headline. Mm. Everyone's talking about how the the West has united against Russia and how. And and to me, mm. look, I'm not going to sit here and justify what Putin did, mm. but I am also not going to sit here and call them evil oh, and call him you. the the Satan because well, a, a year ago 
we were begging these satans and, and evil people to come and invest in our country and bring mm. your money to yes. this country yes, yes. Yeah. so so let's suddenly not turn people who uh, brought money into our economy into evil as they say yes. call them and and the worst thing since sliced bread and the world isn't united as the newspapers will say because mm. it's the western countries who are united one thing people they the narrative they throw out is the world is against him no mm. china's not india's not most of asia's not most of africa's not most of south america's not so what does that leave that leaves the western countries mm. the europe and america yeah. and even they have got serious there were there were debates and there were uh, there were disagreements in about sending these tanks to um to to ukraine why because it's it's an escalation in the process it's funny you know one of the things i, I was I, I was thinking about it's funny how there was these few countries india russia uh one african even nation. pakistan it's a nuclear power yeah and they they formed this currency and yes. russia was one of them and it's That's right. it's funny how i think for me if standing from a from an independent and it's my personal opinion that they they're forming this this new currency and then what's happening is to say okay one of you guys mm. is not is not reliable so they're trying to cause disruption yes. among so then what's going, the other countries going to think but that's the good thing like you said china's not thinking that china's part of that that new please uh, remind me if the, or remind um listeners can remind us what the currency is i forgot well, the, the new currency that these uh, these uh, oh they're trying to put together yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not it's not been it's not been finalized yes, yet yes that's right but this but, sort of thing like but but bad, bad in Africa, things. in yes. Africa, yes. look w again. Mm. My opinion, it's mm. uh, um, the reason Gaddafi was got rid of after mm. forty-two years of running a country in successfully. Mm. Had Gaddafi, what what people don't realize mm. is, the European Union used to pay billions of pounds to Gaddafi to protect the border, and people just don't know that. And, and yeah, and and the second they got rid of Gaddafi, why did they get rid of Gaddafi? Because Gaddafi successfully negotiated over a couple of decades mm. with all the african nations the african dinar that's right he was he was willing mm. to use yeah, the oil yeah, in yeah, syria yeah. to back the currency yes. and if of african countries had started to create their own currency who would get affected it would have been the dollar and the euro now i have friends who are from libya and when the invasion of libya and the attack on libya happened right. they said none of the people that they used to see on tv were libyan because you could tell from the dialect that they used to speak, they were mercenaries. Oh wow! Yeah, see, and it was it was unfortunately our country, along with mm. it was David Cameron and and Sarkozy at that time from France, yes. who kind of led this notion of Gaddafi has become the the roots of all evil. Mm. Whereas not long ago, um, you know, Tony Blair was sitting in a tent with Gaddafi, shaking mm. hands with him, yes. and you know, in the desert. Yes. And there's a man who you know he he ruled Libya over forty one to forty two years. Mm. Um, which is a tribal system, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Gaddafi was some kind of. He was. He mm. had. He was. Uh, he was as terrible as all the other politicians mm. and leaders of these worlds are. But in Libya, they had the best education system. I've heard they this. had the best health system. Yes, they had mm. the society mm. was was ninety eight percent graduate rate in Libya. Most 98%. people. Because it was paid for by the government. It's amazing, Libyans. Mm. If you go to even today and look. They they destroyed Libya. Yes. Yeah. So nobody's protecting the border. Mm. The second Gaddafi dies, all of these people from Africa, all of these mm. migrants that mm. go through Libya yeah. to come into mm. Europe because mm. the borders aren't protected anymore. Libya at the moment has got two governments. This is the aftermath of 
what the Western nation did to all these countries in the name of liberation. Exactly. And this is the thing. This is the beauty of, of I, th- I would say, time and the the advent of, of, of social media. All these things that people weren't aware of, they are now aware of. And it's become more and more sort of common knowledge. Um, there was one interview I remember seeing uh, someone was doing with Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. And the journalist, you know, quite arro- arrogantly, was saying to him, oh, why do you think it's okay to for he, for you to meet with terrorists? And he said, he gave such a beautiful answer. He goes, why is it the assumption of, of, of certain ah, countries? About, that's right. Yeah, yes. why is it the assumption of you, certain countries like yourselves, to think that your enemy is my enemy, yes. you know? Yeah, Nelson Mandela <laughs> and, 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 in America. It was yes, in America. Yeah, yeah. beautiful interview. He's such an mm. intellect. Do you, know, do you know why he said that? Because mm. when he was fighting for civil liberties yes. in South Africa, it was Yasser Arafat, it was mm. Fidel Castro, it was Gaddafi who supported him not in lip service, mm. but in money, in action. See? So he said, well, I'm not going to forget when the people who were oppressing us were you who yes. was asking me the question. <laughs> and and at that time, it was Castro who was, it was, it was Yasser Arafat. It was, uh, you know, it was Gaddafi. Yes. These were the people who came mm. to my aid. These mm. were the people who supported the African National Congress. These were the people who said equality yes. matters. Whereas all the people who are now welcoming me mm. with open arms and, and giving me all these accolades... Mm. Well, hold on. You were the oppressors. <laughs> yes. It was you who oppressed me. But enough of conspiracytheories.com. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, let's move on uh, to, to our topic uh, of the morning. But before we do, let's take a quick break. Um, we're going, we are going to be talking about uh, vaping. We're going to be talking to Professor Anne McNeil, who is going to be um, shedding some expert opinion um, on this topic, which is um, it's becoming worrying because of the... the the different headlines we tend to hear. Some people talk about how it is the best way to give up smoking. Some mm. people talk about how it, it is it is having a negative effect. Um, and some people are saying it doesn't make a difference. Um, and of course, um, you know, it, it is it, it is a health issue which yes. uh, um, which is of concern, especially since vaping is encouraging young people to come into smoking who don't normally smoke. It's become a fashion. It becomes a trend. It's it's similar to how people started smoking in the 60s and 70s because all the actors and all the advertising, um, it was making it look cool. Um, it seems to be we're going uh, full circle and instead of a cigarette, it's the vape, which is replacing the that tool of being cool. So... Um, do stay tuned. If you want to give us an opinion, we would love to hear from you. 0208 687 um, Join us on our social media platforms at Voice of Islam UK. Or you can email us um, via our website, www.voiceofislam.co.uk. Um, we're going to take a very quick break. Grab yourself a cup of coffee um, and join us after these brief messages. Allah 
أشهد أن محمدا listening to the voice of islam radio welcome back to thursday morning breakfast show with myself kayum brother khalid brother asim um we're going to talk about vaping um a dangerous habit um you know whether you agree with it or not is something that we will probably discuss over the next 45 minutes or so but it is something that is replacing uh, smoking as um, as a method um, as as a way out of 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 smoking, uh, brother Khalid, if I may, can you just give a gist of what we're going to be talking about? Sure. So um, with tobacco, we've um, had six decades of rigorous studies to show which of the seven thousand chemicals inhaled during smoking impacts the lungs. Uh, but with the seemingly in- uh, harmless inhalation of flavored vapor from e-cigarettes or vapes, we simply don't know the long-term effects yet. No, we've all seen how you know, all these vaping, um, um, you know, the the way they look, they look they're so colourful, mm-hmm. you know, and they would attract. And of course, they're attracting, uh, you know, I think like uh, Kuyum was saying, they're attracting younger people. Yeah, yeah, it's, and you it's see them become very popular now. And they've got all these different flavours as well, right? Colours, yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, um, what they've started to find that there's, you know, in some studies that there's are some examples of some lung damage mm-hmm. that's not been seen with like tobacco and with cigarettes. Yeah. So there's this new kind of, um, I, I would say, use the term loosely, but illness or effect because of using um, the uh, vaping. And vaping, just for people who don't understand or don't, are not aware of how it works, vaping works by heating liquid in a small device so you can breathe it into your lungs. They're also known as e-cigarettes, right? Or vape pens or other vaping devices. Heats the liquid in the device to create an aerosol. This isn't uh, actually water vapor like some people uh, think it is. So the mist from the e-cigarettes contains particles of nicotine and like I was saying, flavoring and other substances suspended in air. You breathe these particles into your mouth from the mouthpiece where they go down your throat and into your lungs. Now, they all use this thing called um, e-liquid, uh, and this is what vaping de- devices use to make uh, the vapor you breathe in. They usually contain flavoring, nicotine, like I said, uh, propylene, glycol, and glycerine. Uh, so the flavoring also sometimes contain chemicals, yeah, listen to this, that can cause cancer and lung disease. So vitamin E acetate that is linked to... Um, cause lung injury and there's also heavy metals like nickel lead and uh, tin are also used in vapes so i think with time and like we're seeing this um discussion this morning it does have an effect on your lungs and we will see uh you know like <coughs> excuse me time will tell and i'm not coughing because of um i'm not vaping <laughs> part of me <laughs> just dry throat right <laughs> that's what they all say yeah <laughs> <laughs> you see, you see, you see these things with time. It's bad, and like you were both saying, younger and younger people are getting attracted to mm-hmm. it. Look, yeah, they're absolutely. making it look cool. Asim, you, you, you're, you're a young imam. You, you deal with people, youngsters. Mm-hmm. This is something which is across the board. 
you know, they, they make these vapes so kind of cool in a sense where the, the small smoke comes out of it. Mm. Oh, yes, yes. They make them off different sizes, small, small into these big, big. gigantic kind of mm. uh, pipe machines. And, and you know, as, as Brother Khalid said, you know, you get all the, the, the funky flavors mm. and they make them even sound really kind of cool. And they bring music. Yes. The, 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 and it's not just the vape. Music is part and parcel of this. Um, you know, mm. people in videos, people on YouTube, people in social media, um, all the uh, all the, the the influencers. What do they have? They have a, they they, mm. they they are all vaping. Um, you know, product product placement is there. And, <laughs> Very and, much so. and basically, what, uh, they think they're like they're looking cool. You know, with these vapes. And one thing people don't realize: mm. most big vaping companies yes. are owned by the tobacco companies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> see, uh, well done. See, yeah, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they are ma they are owned because this is the way the tobacco company says. Well, we're trying to get people mm. off tobacco because mm. we know it's harmful. Mm. So guess what? We're going to create an alternative. Yes, and and you know they are the big owners mm. of the vape and the electric cigarette. They just give them different names. So, the, like you were saying, they give them alternate truths. Exactly, <laughs> that's it. And 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 again, the 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 problem of the you know, this is something me and you joke about always. The the younger generation, mm. the problem is in our generation, not that we were clever or smart. Mm. Our teachers and 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 people who we kind of used, uh, uh, kind of considered role models, they taught us mm. to read the substance, read what you're doing, find out yes. what you're doing. And and before people jump on the bandwagon and say, oh, I'm anti-young generation, I'm not. The young generation mm. have a lot of pressures on them. But one thing they do, which is terrible, is they believe the headline and don't look beyond it. Absolutely. I think. I think. Asim, is that true? Definitely. Yeah. I, th yeah. I think yeah. also the, this is this is the way they've been coerced and pushed by social media. By social media and and the society around them that there's these pressures, peer pressure, etc. Mm -hmm. This is what we do. This is how we're going to do it. Everyone needs to have their 15 minutes of fame. Agreed. Yeah. But I I blame, and mm. forgive me yes. if the people don't like a word, parents. We always blame mm. governments. We blame organizations. Yes. We blame social media. They do have a proportion of the blame. But end of the day, is us, again, you're a young amount, and I know you work with youngsters. Is it wrong? Or, or are we, do we just allow parents to get away with not... And again, maybe it's not blame, mm. but a proportion of the responsibility, doesn't it lie on parents? Absolutely. I mean, when I was young in, and in school, you know, my parents would know who's my close friend, yes. Yes. where I am. Yes. But nowadays, I don't think parents have an idea no. of what their children are doing. Or even what they're studying. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I know some parents, sometimes I think you don't know where your child You don't even know the name of the institution where your child is. Oh, wow. That's the new one for they me. They go to school. Yes. That's fine. Yeah. I'm like, what? You don't know, mm. you don't know, you know, who their friends are. You don't know what mm. their aspirations are. And this notion of the word friend yes. is changed. Mm. A friend is not someone who follows you. A friend is not someone who's liked you on a on a on a platform. Friend is someone whose name you know, mm. whose parents you know, mm. you know where they live, you know their interests, you know you have a, a an affiliation with them. And like an influence as well. And yes, yes, yeah. without a doubt. Mm. 
Um, but at the moment, you know, people are getting lost in this world. And again, people might think, what's this got to do with vaping? Well, it's these circles that are determining what people are doing and of not course. doing. And vaping is part and parcel of this yes. world because they get people sucked into this, this, this world of, you know, you, you, you would be, uh, you know, um, you'd be the odd one out if you're not following Thank you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, recently I read, I read this report, more people who don't smoke have started vaping than people who, than people who have uh, used vaping uh, as a source to give up smoking. So it's actually attracting a new market, new people. Mm. And, you know, the, the different mechanisms coming in, marketing coming in. And uh, look, go on to the local high street told me that there isn't a vaping shop everywhere. Yes. Totally. I mean, I'm, I think these companies have realized that, you know, smoking is an old style That's it. stuff. So yeah. we've got to make something new. Yeah. And there you go. We go vaping now. You know, what's yeah. on the local high street? Coffee shop, charity shop, um, um, a betting shop and a vaping shop. Yes. Yeah. And these people are... Like we wouldn't have a, like a tobacco shop, but we have a vaping shop. Now, yes, you know? exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and look at the way that the the, the, the vaping shops are. Yes. TVs, yeah. all these gadgets, all, all these glass yeah. lights, the, everything mm. that is used to attract the young customer in with with the you know with with the, with the way uh, the products are being marketed. And again, goes back to parenting. Mm. Why is it that your child is doing something and you're not aware of it? And when parents say, "Well, I didn't know that they were doing it." Well, then it is your responsibility to make sure yeah, that you develop a relationship with your child. Beautiful, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, yeah. if, if there's a training for everything, maybe parents need to go on to relationship, uh, yeah. <laughs> relationship building <laughs> I, exercises. I think, you know, that's the thing. You know, this is, this is really amazing point you touched upon because everyone or anyone who, who, who wants to have a child or become a parent, they can. But parents need training themselves to what it means to be a parent. Do you know one of the things, one of the most beautiful things I heard was um, our be- beloved Caliph, Hazrat Mizam Surah Ahmed, may Allah strengthen his hand, the fifth successor of the Promised Messiah, peace be upon him. He said that as a, as a parent, you have to build a relationship with your child, yeah? So the child will come, they'll feel mm-hmm. comfortable to come and discuss things be- with you. Befriend be a friend, yeah. Be- uh, befriend them, exactly. Yes. Yeah, not, not of course like... Come and and there's one thing that in today's day and age, Irrespective of age, yes, people think everything should be easy. Mm. Who the, and people say, "Oh, that's just too difficult." Who <laughs> said? Who said? I would like somebody to call me and tell me who said parenting was supposed to be easy. Mm. Parenting is is that there is no negotiation in it. Yes, parenting and to be a good to to give, be a good parent is not. Oh, I have given up this for my child. No, you haven't. I heard this a lot. <laughs> I when I had a child and I gave up a good job. I gave up this. I gave up going on. A, no, no, hold on. To be a parent, it is your duty. Yes. It is not you're making a sacrifice or you think you're being responsible. No, no. It is your duty to look after your 100%. child. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And and nobody said parenting mm. is going to be easy. It's supposed to be difficult. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> imagine the the, the 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 times when we got our parents pulling their hair yes. down for what we would. <laughs> That's it. I mean, how but many times? How many times do you sit back and you think, "Oh my God, now I know my parents were correct." Yes, <laughs> you know it. 
that's you know, that's a very beautiful point there because I'm so grateful. Like one of the things I say to my friends and I say to my children as well is, I look when I when I was growing up, uh, my father always brought me to the mosque for meetings and functions, and I love to spend time. Mm-hmm. Look like we are now, yeah, friends. You know, made so many friends, uh, lifelong friends mm-hmm. within the community. Not that we don't have friends outside, but but. You know, it's, it's, you, it's, you don't it's, really, do you? Anyone <laughs> <laughs> no, knows my secret now. <laughs> but these, it's this, this, this thing. It's like, you know, you, 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 are reinforcing the good things in them. You know, in children, and 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 it is a hundred percent like you both saying, it's the parents' responsibility. Take ownership. Mm-hmm. You know, people have like they have the cars and they spend more time with their cars or more time on the internet than they do with their and children. And the phone as well now. Yes. Yeah. You know. So, going back to vaping. Yes. Yeah. It's not a parenting show, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Khalid, man. What's, what's going on here, bro? <laughs> yeah. no, but like you said, all did, did, views did and opinions I, expressed I, are uh, our own. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing, that's the thing. Vaping is very much part and parcel of our daily life and our daily routines. So this is the thing where when you're talking about how it's become the norm and it's increasing. It's important that parents are aware because young, more, more younger people are getting attracted to it. You'd be surprised. You go outside the school, um, we drive past the school, and you see, I say this because I, I, obviously I'm a, I, I'm a parent. I don't just go randomly past schools, <laughs> pardon me, right? I didn't express myself properly. <laughs> but if I go pick up my children from school, and then you see some other youngsters hanging around the back of the school or uh, vaping, mm, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, 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 it is. Brother Asim, Islam is a beautiful way of life. Absolutely, it's the total yeah. way of life. Islam is a religion which is not just a faith, it's a deen. A deen is a way of life. Mm. There isn't any aspect of one's living that is not covered or there isn't a remedy or a solution to challenges that yes. we face on a day-to-day. And yes. Islam, that's the beauty of Islam. That's why Islam is universal. It's, it, it covers every single aspect of our lives, of what we do. So clearly, the, the, Islam has a perspective on this as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Allah says, you know, and the believers, man and woman, are friends one of another. They enjoin good and forbid evil and observe prayer and pay the zakat and obey Allah and his messenger. It is these on whom Allah have uh, will have mercy. Surely Allah is mighty and wise, which is in chapter 9, verse 71. So, you know, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah, has said that whatever causes... Mm. Um, intoxication in large amounts, a small amount of it is also unlawful. Yeah, it's it's good. I, I'm ha- I'm happy you mentioned that because sometimes people say, "Oh, you know, it's it's Islam or let's say smoking is not forbidden in Islam." Mm-hmm. But what Islam does, like you said, Brother Kuyum, is a day is a guide for your daily living, which advises you and tries to teach you that. Things that you're putting into your, your but but religion. I want to clarify this point. Yes, F- smoking is not forbidden in Islam. It's not forbidden. It is it is something called makru, which is, it is preferred, mm. not, yeah, it is mm. uh, it, because, but but to to give it an emphasis again, mm. uh, the promised Messiah, the founder of the Amdi Muslim community, uh, may Allah have mercy on us all, on whom be peace. Yes. He once said, that had tobacco been around. Mm-hmm. At the time of the Holy Prophet, may peace yeah. and blessings of Allah be upon him. Yes. 
he would have forbidden it. See, hmm. but yes. it wasn't around, so it wasn't forbidden. Yes, so it is a habit which is preferred. Muslims are discouraged hmm. to smoke because, and again, the difference being, it is it, the intoxication bit is it doesn't make you lose your faculties, hmm. where drugs. Yeah, and alcohol, alcohol. Mm-hmm. are different. So yes. it's very important to to kind of make that d- distinction here, mm-hmm. the difference mm-hmm. that uh, you know Islam doesn't Islam's Islam doesn't like it. Yes. It is a bad habit because mm. anything which is detrimental to your health is mm. not is not preferred that you do in Islam. But Islam is flexible. It's a beautiful religion. It 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 allows Definitely. you to make your decisions. Exactly. It mm. gives you guidance yes, and yes. says you make the decision. Thank you. Exactly. Gives you the choice. That's right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So so when we, and again, sorry, uh, brother Asim. The reason I made that uh, kind of um, uh, interruption in 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 is is when you refer to the term unlawful. I don't want people to get the wrong message mm-hmm. that that Islam forbids it. Absolutely. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So please. But of course, uh, 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 as we know that anything which is addictive is also, you know, uh, is, is not allowed, basically. Uh, the promised Messiah, you know, cautioned and reminds us that uh, not only do intoxicants cause harm physically to our bodies, but they also take a toll on our spirituality. He states, and know that uh, this world is not eternal, so take hold of yourself, eschew all immoderation and abstain from every type of intoxicant it is uh, not alcohol alone that ruins a person opium ganja chars bang uh, tarhi and all other addictions are similarly destructive and they ruin the mind and destroy lives so shun all such substances i cannot understand why one would choose to indulge in these intoxicants when year on year they claim the lives of thousands of addicts uh, not to mention the torment of the hereafter. See the key word there? Mm. Addiction. Addiction, yeah. If I may, yes. tobacco yes. is the most addictive substance in the world. A lot of people don't realize mm. that. Mm. It is harder, experts will tell you this, mm. it is harder to come off tobacco than heroin. Wow, okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. People don't know that. Mm. It, and this is uh, hence why mm. governments around the world yes. have make trillions and zillions of dollars from the sale tax of tobacco. Yes. Mm. All the other drugs, they, they, you know, they, uh, you know, we're, we're going in a downward direction. If you look around the world, yes. we know factually. The, the terrible effects on society of addiction. Yes. Which is why Islam mm. focuses on that word. Yes. It has, it, it's used the words intoxicants and people losing their sense, their mind, the yes. control of their mind. Yes. And we already know all of these things already do, but Islam focuses on why. Addiction of any type. Yes. You know, mm. any type is bad. Yes. And, and that is is because addiction leads to problems addiction leads mm. to how many times have you heard it addiction leads to crime yes addiction leads to violence addiction leads to um, um you know bad things in, in in anything which is bad within a society and it could also lead to that it yeah. could, death yes. yeah. it could lead to loads of things it could it could lead to uh, everything that is negative 
you know sometimes you you hear even too much of a good thing yes mm. is bad for you excellent and that's what islam says yes it's not just the negatives addiction can be a lot of people are workaholics and they work themselves to death mm. Mm. yeah good point addiction yes going back to kids love if you we talk about parenting yes. if a child has a habit of sugar what is what is the problem we're having at the moment the western nations america united kingdom what yeah. do, what are we addicted to sugar sugar yes so if a child loves mm. sweets you're going to try your best to wean them off it because they've got an addiction before they develop an addiction that's difficult <laughs> it is but that's that's why islam says yeah. you got to tackle it mm. at the source at root mm. at a yeah. younger age very yeah very true so it's it's not just the bad things that a word addiction is very important i think i think what 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 um if 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 correct me if i'm wrong i think what we all saying here this is the beauty about islam mm-hmm. which I, we touched upon earlier is that there's a balance we talk about moderation in islam exactly yeah. everything Absolutely. has so even we talk about intoxicant intoxicants and addiction you, like you said uh, uh asim it could be a lot of things so even food addiction for mm-hmm. example yeah, at yeah. the moment it's funny it was not funny but uh it's actually um statistics are showing that there's been a number of ri- in rise of childhood uh, not just obesity but childhood diabetes which is on the increase because obesity is overtaking uh smoking yes yep and there's all these things like so you like because a lot of people who do give up and again within the smoking world okay look there's there, there, a lot of people are saying well, well how do i know these things you know i put my hands up you know been a smoker mm. and uh, and uh, you know it's, it's it's sometimes it it is it is interesting that you mm. look into these things mm. um and and i see mm. i see um what is happening within within this uh, this this world of mm. of smoking and the reason i know vaping because in this country yes millions of people have given up smoking by vaping vaping yes yeah they have successfully yeah, yeah. Mm. The, if you want to look at the defin- the, the 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 effect the positive side of vaping is it has taken off millions of people yes off uh, uh smoking and 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 uh, kind of headed in a in a more positive way mm. however now what's happening is even vaping is changing is becoming more chemicalized there's more and more chemicals and it is in the interest of the companies to put chemicals in there which are which are addictive substances mm. again which was in in tobacco again it's not just tobacco there mm. are chemicals in there yes. which are not just um which, which are not just for you bad, bad for your body but they put substances in there chemicals which um which which kind of cra- where you crave that addict where you yes. where you adopt yes. you kind of um become addicts is no, chemicals yeah, and vaping also, is doing the same thing also if you've probably seen in the news that um it's it's dangerous as well that some you know, if you've seen that some vapes have actually exploded you know oh yeah i've heard about those as yeah. well yes so yes. yeah yeah I, i've seen it's not funny but <laughs> sorry i I've seen some videos where people have got that like, these vapes in their pockets. Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing, and, and it's exploding. And the person's jumping, you know. Yeah, but you should laugh. I uh, find it's quite yeah. hilarious. <laughs> in their pocket, and then all you see is this puff of smoke, and the trousers jumping up and down. It's like, oh, it's exploded. But see, it's, you, know, you have to be careful. There's yeah. so many different reasons not to vape. <laughs> but the, like you said, the danger is that there's so many people that not even smokers 
who have gone to, on to vaping because it's, it's, it doesn't smell, you know. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Brother Khaled Asim <laughs> and myself, Kayoum. We are going to carry on with this topic uh, after the news. We're going to be talking to Professor Anne McNeil, who's going to be putting some substance on everything we've been talking about. Um, if you want to contribute, give us a call, 0208 687 7878. Um, you can join us on our social media platforms at Voice of Islam UK, or you can email us via our website, www.voiceofislam.co.uk. Stay tuned and join us after the news. Welcome back to Thursday morning breakfast show with myself, Kayoum, brother Khalid, brother Asim. It is, oh my God, it's 26th of January. <laughs> Where did the month go? 2023. 2023. One, one month done. Khalid, yes. do you remember 1923? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, 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 um, on our youngsters, on society as a whole. Yes. And of course, Islam, uh, the beautiful religion of Islam, the way of life, um, where it discourages, actively discourages, um, di uh, you know, not to um, get tangled up in these kind of addictions, these mm. kind of habits, which are natural, which are unnatural, which are artificial um, uh, intoxicants or substances to to kind of think, make you think that you think you, this will make life a bit more enjoyable. It's in the long term. I can promise you from personal experience, mm. it doesn't. It doesn't. The the sometimes the effects mm. of uh, of such intoxication yes. um, are life threatening. Um, and and it's not and 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 you know it's never just the person who gets affected by addiction. It's always. Um, parents, brothers, sisters, um, kid, children, mm. um, and um, you know when more individuals get affected, then of course it has an effect on society. But let's go and talk uh, to our first guest of the morning. We've got with us Professor Anne McNeil. Um, professor um, <coughs> McNeil is a professor of tobacco addiction at King's College London, as well as the group lead of the Nicotine Research Group at the Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology, and Neuroscience. Good morning. Welcome. Assalamu alaikum and peace be on you, Professor, this morning. Thank you for coming on to The Breakfast Show. Thank you for inviting me. Um, professor, what factors have caused e-cigarettes and vaping to increase and why has there been a shift of people preferring these alternatives to smoking? So uh, smoking tobacco cigarettes is uniquely dangerous. So for every two people that continue to smoke over a long period of time, one of them will die as a result of their smoking. So it's one of the most harmful things a person can do. Now, people smoke for the nicotine, which is addictive, but it's not the nicotine that kills its thousands of other chemicals that come along when someone lights a cigarette and inhales the smoke. So vaping or e-cigarette use is a less harmful form of nicotine intake, nicotine delivery, as e-cigarettes are not burned. Instead, they're heated, and people using them are inhaling an aerosol, which is less harmful to them as well as those around them. However, vaping isn't harmless as the users are still breathing in that aerosol into their lungs. So, so some people are shifting away from cigarette smoking to vaping because they're hearing the message that they're less harmful nicotine delivery systems. But we're also seeing some people taking them up who are not cigarette smokers. And this might be because of the way they're marketed or because they think they're not risky to their health. 
So if people smoke, switching to vaping will be less harmful to them, but people who don't smoke shouldn't take up vaping or indeed smoking. Um, Professor, I mentioned earlier, um, I mean, as I, the, I mentioned, uh, talk about addiction, how sometimes, mm. again, facts that uh, you hear or sometimes read that nicotine is very addictive. People don't realize the, uh, the, the, the severity of the addiction. And I heard somewhere and, uh, and I've been told that it is the most addictive substance to wean off. Is there any fact? Is that, is that facts or is that hearsay? Well, nicotine addictiveness varies depending on how much nicotine you take in and how quickly. So tobacco cigarettes have been very carefully engineered by the tobacco industry to make them very addictive. And they quickly deliver nicotine at high doses to the brain as you puff on the cigarette. Mm -hmm. And in fact, that's faster than an intravenous injection. So indeed, there have been studies where people who use illicit drugs, who also smoke cigarettes, Mm -hmm. thought that their cigarettes were more addictive. But, you know, nicotine patches are not addictive as they deliver (coughs) low doses of nicotine very slowly. And the, the problem is that smokers who are uh, trying to stop smoking sometimes don't find that the patches are effective um, in helping them to stop smoking. So e-cigarettes have evolved over the last few years, and some now deliver nicotine at these high doses and quite quickly. So smokers actually find them more helpful when they're trying to stop smoking, which is a positive thing. But the downside is that then you know these e-cigarettes can then be more addictive, uh, and we need to prevent young people from taking them up. Thank you very much. So, Professor, uh, what sorts of, uh, you know, social factors are known to have an impact on the, you know, um, susceptibility of a person developing an addiction specifically to smoking? So there's probably two key things. Um, One is parental smoking. Mm -hmm. So if parents smoke, then their children are more likely to take up smoking. And the same applies to siblings. So if an older brother or sisters smoke, then again, the children are more likely to take up smoking. Mm. And then the second one is friends smoking. So if friends or peers smoke, then young people are more <coughs> likely to take up smoking. But it's their attitudes as well as their behavior which can be important. So if a parent smokes, then it's really important for them to explain why they smoke, they're addicted, mm. that it's harming their bodies. So it's not something they would want their kids to do. But this sort of big influence of parental smoking is on kids smoking is one of the reasons why in England we put a lot of emphasis on the need to reduce adult smoking, because this will really help to reduce the uptake of cigarette smoking by young people. Interesting, interesting. So uh, what are the dangers of um, addiction mentally and physically also? Yeah, so this is a very important question. As these days we acknowledge there's a range of addictions from drug use through to gambling mm-hmm. and, you know, internet gaming. So yeah. mentally it's it's not good to be addicted to anything. Being addicted means a compulsion to use something despite it being harmful. So there's a, a lack of control. The body craves to use the, the product or the behavior, and this craving can be very powerful at occupying, you know, taking over thought processes until you can do it again. It can also be a real struggle to stop using it for any length of time. And then physically it's not good either as you get as you can get withdrawal symptoms mm-hmm. and the severity of these vary depending on what it is you're addicted to. So irritability, restlessness, you know, anxiety, uh, through to physical symptoms like headaches, tremors, you know, muscle pain. Dep- mm-hmm. So it depends on the drug.
Um, Professor, um, we're aware that you've published academic papers and research, several aspects surrounding prevention and harm, um, a reduction of national and international policies. Could you please um, educate our listeners and us and us on some of your personal research that you think might be important um, to be known? Well, thank you. Um, I, I mentioned tobacco smoking is uniquely dangerous. And in, in England, although the prevalence of smoking has decreased, Still over 60,000 people die each and every year as a result of smoking. And these very large numbers of deaths can be hard to grasp and can be easily dismissed. So we really need to keep the dangers of smoking in the public eye. And, and my research has shown how programs like yours and, and paid-for mass media campaigns which profile the dangers of tobacco cigarette smoking are really important to get that message out and help to reduce smoking at the population level. But over the years, my research has also helped to show that increasing the price of cigarettes reduces smoking, removing all tobacco industry advertising and marketing, including where cigarettes are sold, for example, at the point of sale in, in newsagents or whatever, can be effective at reducing smoking. And I've also helped to show that having tobacco cigarettes in plain packages, so without all the jazzy branding, is important. But I, I do believe we shouldn't condemn, you know, tobacco-addicted smokers, it's really important to support them to understand why they smoke and help them to stop smoking. So my research has also looked at individual approaches, such as you know, giving one-to-one -one behavioral support as, as well as nicotine replacement. And if people feel the need to continue using nicotine, at least while they try to stop smoking, then our research has shown that products like e-cigarettes can help them to do so, um, and getting advice on how best to use them can help. But, but my research has also shown that some people who smoke get left behind when tobacco control policies are implemented. And these are more disadvantaged people, such as people with mental health problems. And smoking is a big contributor to health inequalities. So again, you know, my research has put a shot spotlight on this and has demonstrated that all people can stop smoking if we ensure our messaging reaches them and that you know, they get support. And so health professionals can play a really important role, doctors, uh, nurses, etc., should always raise the issue of smoking with all smokers, including those who are more disadvantaged, and signpost all the support that is now available to them to help them to stop smoking. Professor, um, within the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, we believe science and faith, and especially Islam, are intertwined. We believe science plays a huge part in protecting and preserving life. And a question comes to mind is, you talked about uh, not blaming the smoker um, and, and trying to support them and trying to get them off um, this addictive substance. Is, is, is there ever in your research or anybody else's research where faith is used as a mechanism or a tool to, to, to kind of get them off smoking? Well, I think that's a really important question and we really could do with more research on that. But I think faith helps in so many ways. Um, it helps um, with um, making people stronger um, and more resistant to uh, some of the uh, influences in, in life. So I think faith can be very, very important. Um, and it's good to know that others around you are supporting you uh, to help you to stop doing something which is so dangerous to your health. Because the, the reason I ask is faith is something people kind of tend to latch onto and or, or they have a sense of belonging to. Mm -hmm. So if somebody within a community or within a faith group kind of raises awareness of the damages and the, 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 the effects of smoking, 
because like we like within the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, we have, um, um, you know, we have local, regional, national groups where we uh, continuously kind of raise awareness of the dam the, the harmfulness of these kind of addictions. And and sometimes when you hear something from your group of belonging, it has more of an effect. Mm. I absolutely agree, and I also think that one of the really important things to help people to stop smoking is for people around that person to support them. So try to, trying to not smoke around them, for example, yes. is really important. So all those social um, influences um, that will cue someone to, to light up, um, it's really important to avoid. So if the community is supportive, it, it will really help increase their chances of successfully stopping smoking. Fantastic. Professor McNeil, thank you so much for taking time out for The Breakfast Show on Voice of Islam. It's been a pleasure talking to you. May God Almighty reward your endeavours in this worthy cause. I wish you a fantastic day ahead. May peace be with you. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. Thank, thank you. you. That was Professor Anne McNeil. Um, Professor um, of Tobacco Addiction at King's College London, um, as well as the group lead of the Nicotine Research Group at the Institute of Psychiatry, Psychology and Neuroscience. Let's, let's you know, before mm. I come back to my brothers here, let's go and listen to an audio um, clip of uh, the fourth caliph of the Amdiya Muslim community, Hazrat Mizat Ahram, and may Allah have mercy on his soul, um, who was asked a question about nicotine. Well, smoking is not uh, prohibited in the sense that uh, you, if you do it, you, you commit a crime, religious crime. You commit a crime against yourself. This is the type of our attitude to smoking. It is not forbidden in, in the Holy Quran or in the tradition. Some people say because it was not invented at that time. But the Holy Quran does not prohibit things, uh, naming only this should be prohibited and that should be prohibited. It lays down the principle. Whatever comes under that general principle is prohibited. There are so many ways of gambling which were not found in that time, but the gambling in essence is described in a manner that whatever man can invent would also fall to that category. So halal and haram, these are the terms. What is forbidden to for you and what is not forbidden to you is described in principles, and except for sometimes which are also named particularly. So the smoking does not fall under that general principle at all. This is why the founder of the Ahmadiyya community, when once he was asked, why don't you forbid your people to smoke and abstain from it with religious, as a religious duty, he said, I am not a new prophet. I am a subordinate prophet, which means I follow the Quran and the tradition of the Holy Prophet of Islam. So I, uh, I can't invent anything new. So when he was confronted with the same question, it was not found in that time. He said, but the God in, which you, in whom you believe knew what was to come. If that is the objection, then you, you should have objection against the existence of God and the objection against his pre-knowledge or abandon this religion. So, uh, well, he was naturally satisfied. Now, our attitude is to discourage smoking. And that is all. In our town, Rabwa, it is discouraged 
not only individually, but we also dis- discourage it by telling people <coughs> not to smoke in public. Let it remain as an individual evil. Don't turn it into a social evil. Because the moment you begin to smoke in public, the youth would be attracted towards it. And they, they would think there is no taboo, there are no taboos and so on. So, uh, right from the childhood, they would be drawn into this habit. They would see the, the, the elders enjoying smoking, you know, in a manner as they were they're impressed by it. So, this is what we do. But elsewhere we tell Amadis to abstain from it because it's injurious to you yourself. It's, it's, it's not healthy. I don't think uh, there's any more comprehensive words that one can say to conclude this topic. In a beautiful way, the fourth caliph, Hazrat Mirza Tahir Ahmed, may Allah have mercy on his soul, explained what we've been trying to explain for the past hour in yes. three minutes. Yes. So with, with that, we're going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go to our second topic of the morning, which is how Kenyans help themselves and the planet by saving mangrove trees. Do stay tuned. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or grab that toast. And while you're at it, send me one as well because uh, I'm kind of getting hungry. <laughs> but uh, do stay tuned. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with myself, Kayum, Brother Khalid, Brother Asim. We're going to be back with you just after this brief message. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Welcome back to The Breakfast Show, Thursday, 26th of January, 2023, 8.20 a.m. Brother Asim, we are playing catch-up. What are we talking about in the second segment? So the second segment is how Kenyans help themselves and the planet by saving mangrove trees. Right. Uh, so the gist of the story is that, uh, you know, through Mikoko uh, Pamoja, residents of Ghazi and nearby um, Makonjeni, are cultivating an ecosystem, uh, economic ecosystem that relies on efforts to preserve and restore the mangrove forests. So the question arises, gentlemen, what role do mangroves play in safeguarding the uh, marine ecosystem? I remember um, when I was in Mauritius many, mm-hmm. many years ago, they did have <coughs> some mangrove trees, but not to the extent oh, they okay. have in, 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 uh, in Kenya. Mauritius is <laughs> tiny. It's a, it's a beautiful island, but it's a tiny, tiny mm-hmm. little dot. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Mangroves, they play a crucial role in safeguarding the, uh, the, excuse me, the marine ecosystem, which in turn is important for fisheries uh, that people depend on for their livelihood. The dominant mangrove species in Ghazi forest is uh, Rizphora, Mercuronata, uh, which can grow up to 27 meters tall. I mean, if you've ever seen like mangrove trees, they're such beautiful, you know, um, structures. Mm-hmm. You know, you see them the way they naturally go into the ground, they're really, 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 really uh, tall. So, their interlaced roots, which grow from the base of the trunk into the saltwater, make these evergreen trees quite unique. Um, salt kills most plants, but mangroves' uh, roots separate fresh water from salt for the tree to use. At low tide, the looping root, uh, roots act like stilts and buttresses, keeping the atmosphere um, when exposed, but seal tight at high tide, keeping the mangrove 
from drowning. Interesting topics, you know, before we came on. Yes. Um, I was... Uh, I was actually uh, having a laugh over yeah. what we're going to be talking about mangrove trees on on on, on breakfast show, yeah. and but of course mm. you know we were having a joke and and we have been talking about ecosystems on Voice of Islam for so long. Yes, and the reason why <coughs> we're talking about this is to mm. just to give it a different, yes. just to give make people aware of the. There isn't anything that of God's creation yes. that doesn't affect or has a positive effect um, on the the uh, the creation of God Almighty. Mm. And we cover different parts of the yes. world. We cover things which people aren't aware of. The whole point is to raise that awareness mm. as to the benefit of the creation of God Almighty has on mankind. Definitely, definitely. Um, I'm glad to say that we are joined by our first guest for this particular segment. Uh, so we have on the line with us Robin Schilland. Uh, Robin is the director of ACES, ACES, a UK-based charity that supports mangrove conservation in Kenya. ACES works uh, with coastal community groups to protect and restore mangrove forests on Kenya's southern coast through a community-based approach. Assalamualaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the breakfast show, Robin. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Um, so, Robin, what is the significance of mangroves in safeguarding marine and coastal ecosystems? So, um, firstly, mangroves, they're trees. Um, I'm sure many of you, your listeners know what mangroves are, but just in case they don't, mangroves are trees that grow um, on the coast in tropical regions. So they grow in what's called the intertidal region. So that's um, between the high water mark and the low water mark. And so... These are trees that grow um, somewhere where, where no other trees grow, and that's in the sea. Mm. Um, and they were once thought of as these muddy, mosquito-ridden swamps. So you hear um, some people call them mangrove swamps. Um, I prefer to call them mangrove forests um, because I think that, you know, you just spoke about raising awareness and, and their importance is really being recognised uh, for the environment. So they're... <coughs> excuse me. Uh, the havens for biodiversity... So they're very complex structures, um, both the, the trees that you know of as, as normal trees, but they also have these incredibly complex root systems, um, both above the ground, um, or, <coughs> or excuse me, above the ground and, and growing in the water. Um, and these uh, kind of complex structures provide a really safe harbour for animals, uh, particularly young animals that need to hide from their predators. So they really boost biodiversity. Lots of plants and animals grow in them. Um, and and by doing so in the same way, they enhance local fisheries. So fish that, that people depend on for their, their sustenance and their livelihoods uh, really depend on mangrove forests, especially, again, at the, the young stages when they're, they're young fish and they're very vulnerable. They can effectively hide in these, these incredible mangrove forests, um, and that really boosts their populations and therefore boosts local fisheries. Um, and lastly, <coughs> um, they protect the coasts um, so they're effectively a, a natural seawall. They provide this big, strong buffer between the sea and the land. Um, so they protect the coasts from storms, uh, from tsunamis, from coastal erosion, um, and from sea level rise. Um, so by protecting the coasts, they protect the people who live um, adjacent to the mangrove forests. Wow, there's there's lots of uh, positives and lots of advantages of having these. Um, and thank you for talking about those um, uh the advantages of those mangroves. Uh, but could you, Robin, just tell us a little bit more about 
your organisation and, and your actual role in it, please? Sure. Um, so ACES, we're a UK-based charity. Um, and as you say, we support mangrove conservation in Kenya um, through community-based approaches to conservation. Um, so we work primarily in Kenya, but we do support um, some communities elsewhere in the world um, in, in tropical countries. So we work uh, with com- coastal community groups to develop and, man- and manage mangrove conservation and, and restoration projects. Um, and we do that primarily through what is known as, uh, as carbon credits. So that's the main funding mechanism for the work. Um, and my role is to lead on this project development um, and to support these community groups in uh, kind of achieving the, the certification that they need to trade carbon credits. Um, and then we sell these credits on behalf of the community groups sending the money um, back to them to fund their their conservation and their restoration um, and also community development projects. That That is very interesting. Uh, so Robin, um, how does the carbon credit system work and how has it been used by Mikoko Pamoja to support the local community? So a carbon credit, it's a, a verified amount of carbon uh, measured in, in tons. So you, you sell tons of carbon. Um, so that's, that ton of carbon has been either been absorbed from the atmosphere um, or prevented from entering the atmosphere. So that can be achieved by things like preventing deforestation, which would otherwise um, emit uh, carbon as the, the um, wood is burned or degrades. Um, or you can plant new trees that wouldn't otherwise have grown and therefore um, absorbing um, more carbon from the atmosphere. So... That uh, unit of carbon, that ton of carbon, is accredited by what's called a carbon standard. So there are several carbon standards across the world, but we are accredited accredited to one called Plan Vivo. Uh, They're based in Edinburgh, um, so not not too far from us. Mm -hmm. And they really prioritise community-based approaches to conservation and poverty alleviation as their mechanism for for achieving these what's called carbon benefits, this um, reduction in in carbon emissions or or absorption of carbon. So the project, uh, Makoka Pomoja, as you say, it it means uh, mangroves together in Swahili. Um, It does both of those things. It it, uh, avoids deforestation of mangroves and uh, they also plant um, some new mangrove uh, trees. So... They carry out those activities throughout the year. And at the end of the year, we go to Plan Vivo, who are the accreditation agency, and we tell them what we've done. We, we report to them on how much forest has been protected. We, we measure the forest to make sure that no cutting has been taken place. We measure, we, we count the trees that we've planted, and we go back to Plan Vivo, and they approve this amount of carbon that's been calculated that, that the project has, has delivered as a, as a carbon benefit. And those are issued to the project as carbon credits. So people and organisations can buy carbon credits to offset their carbon footprints or compensate for their, their carbon emissions. So, for example, if you took flight and, and that flight emitted uh, or your position on that flight emitted two tonnes of, of carbon dioxide, you could buy those two tonnes of, of carbon dioxide from a project that is, has absorbed um, or prevented that, that um, carbon elsewhere. So by basically balancing out um, the, the carbon emissions uh, to what's called net zero. Um, so Mokokopomoja, it's a, a, a small project um, on the far southern coast of Kenya. And they've been um, on the go for about 10 years now. We've just passed the 10-year mark, which is, is a big um, achievement. And they protect and restore the mangrove forests for community benefit. 
So the money that comes in from carbon credits not only funds the conservation and the restoration itself, uh, so, so therefore funding the delivery of this carbon benefit, uh, but it also funds community development projects um, because community, the community is, is such an important part of the project um, and local people are, are impacted by the interventions that the, the project um, puts in place. So we compensate for that by funding community development activities um, that, that benefit the whole community. That is some amazing stuff you are doing. Uh, so Robin, why is educating the locals on the advantages of these mangroves so important? And what are the benefits of involving them? So when people live alongside mangrove forests, so, so people rarely live in mangrove forests as, as they might live in a terrestrial forest, but when mm-hmm. they live alongside mangrove forests, people are intrinsically a part of nature. It's, um, you know, that can be said of, of so many ecosystems, but I think especially so in mangroves, um, as I say, the mangroves have all these benefits for local people that local people rely on, but local people can also rely on the, the mangroves for um, what's called extractive reasons. So cutting timber is a primary um, uh, reason that they might rely on the mangrove forest. So people, um, especially in areas of, of high levels of, of poverty, they may rely on the mangroves for timber for firewood for their own um, cooking and, and heating. Uh, they might rely on mangroves uh, for, for timber, for, for building materials. Um, so that could be either their own use or for, for selling for a livelihood. So people are, are very dependent on these mangrove forests. Um, and in the past, conservation projects have, have um, tended to take what's called a top-down approach to conservation. And that means um, kind of governments or, or large conservation bodies coming in and imposing uh, projects and, and rules and restrictions uh, to, to benefit nature, but not necessarily involve or benefit local people. Um, and we think that's really important that these people who rely so heavily on the mangrove forests, uh, they're not being disadvantaged by the interventions. So the interventions might be that they cannot cut this timber anymore. Um, and so they need an alternative source of timber uh, because you know they were they they, they needed th- that source uh, for the for their livelihoods and income. Um, so the project involves local people um, partly to make sure that the people who are most affected by the interventions have alternative sources of timber. So for example, we maintain community with lots of uh, fast-growing terrestrial trees that can be used as a timber source in place of the mangrove forest. Um, but also um, to, to, to make sure that the local people are seeing a benefit um, from, the, from the project. It's not just restrictions. So like I said, a, a portion of the money, which is about 30%, funds community development projects. Um, so for example, in the past, this has been building wells in the village, um, renovating schools and providing equipment to schools, um, providing equipment to the local hospitals and health centres, uh, funding local uh, youth groups, so just making sure that, that uh, people can see that the, the sacrifices that they are making to, to benefit nature have benefits um, in other ways. Wonderful. Robin, thank you so much for taking time out and uh, coming on to the Voice of Sun Breakfast Show and putting uh, some substance onto uh, the topic we are discussing. I wish you, uh, may God Almighty, reward all your endeavours um, in raising awareness and doing this fantastic work. Um, and uh, have a fantastic day ahead. Uh, may peace be with you. Thank you so much. You too. Robin Chilland, who's director of uh, ACES. Um, a fantastic project um, here, gentlemen. Um, amazing. And do you know, um, 
just reading about the you know, profile about how <clears throat> you know Robin is the director of this. It's a UK-based charity, and the thing is, what I th find beautiful about it is that even though it's a UK-based charity, they are going abroad, and oh, this is, I think, when you have the term collective responsibility, mm. this is what comes to mind that yeah, everyone's accountable and looking out for each other and this is what I think makes for a much more beautiful society we're not just uh, saying oh it's a third world problem or it's a problem f for someone else to well, deal it's with. actually the problem itself is a developed world problem mm. the effect of this problem is on the the, the results are being uh, experienced by the the, the third world yes. it's the industrialized nations who have caused the problem you know, yeah. we, how many times have we talked about, you know, the Bangladesh and, and mm. Pakistan, the recent mm. ones, you know, mm. a, a recent fact, uh, somebody mentioned that, uh, again, it was uh, on another station. I think right. it was BBC, uh, BBC Urdu, right. uh, where I heard that this lady, uh, she said, and, and, and don't quote me on it. This is uh, just hearsay mm. that in Pakistan, it rained 700 times more in this monsoon than it did ever before. Wow. 700 Good. times more, which is why a third of Pakistan mm. is underwater at the moment because of the, 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 the effects, the, the severe monsoon and the rains. Uh, it, it's just destroyed uh, the community. And, and it's not because of something Pakistan's done. Mm. It's because of the, 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 the issues that the industrialized nation have done to, to become industrialized, mm. to become first world countries, to become developed countries. They... Um, you know, they they did this. Now, I'm not saying here, saying, oh, it's, you know, mm. blame game is no, yes. but take responsibility and take remedial action. Mm. We've had 27 years of COP, yet we all we've had is 27 years of COP out. <laughs> it's just like, it's, you know, it's, it seems that way, that we seem to be making a, you know, have, having a meeting because, oh, 30 years ago, we promised that we will give you funding to deal with this. Mm. But guess what? That funding never materialized. Oh, you know, then we have another cop and another. And then we talk, we give fantastic lip service, mm. but in, in action. That's exactly the problem there, isn't it? You know, you just lots of talk, lots of rhetoric, and then uh, nothing happens. When uh, <coughs> This is why our, our, you know, our hats go off to people like Robin and her organization mm. who are doing amazing work, who are, you know, uh, making efforts to, to correct the rights of certain um, uh, um, countries and nations. But also, you know, it's, I think it's, it's, it's by supporting these local charities on the ground that, you know, that is... Um, that makes a, makes big, a difference. Big effect, exactly. Uh, I mean, I'm glad to say we have our next guest for this morning's show. Uh, we have on the line with us Professor Franz uh, Burkhout. Uh, so Professor Burkhout is a professor of environment, society and climate in the Department of Geography at King's uh, College London. From 2015 until 2021, he was the Executive Dean of the Faculty of Social Science. Um, Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and uh, welcome to the breakfast show. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you, thank nice you for joining. Thank you, thank you for joining us this morning. So, uh, Professor Burkhardt, is the carbon credit market growing, and what is the future of these um, certain, these schemes? It is, it is growing uh, quite rapidly now. Um, I think. You know, there's a general recognition now that we are on a trajectory towards net zero. 
and we can do a lot by you know replacing uh, coal-fired or, or gas-fired power stations with 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 wind, windmills but there are all sorts of things uh, that we can't quite uh, replace like the emissions from if we go for a, for a flight if we fly from i don't know london to New York or something, and uh, these um, carbon offset schemes are growing very rapidly. So in uh, 2021, these were globally were worth over a billion dollars, and probably last year that would have doubled. I would have thought. So you know, we're we're talking about a very large, sophisticated market now in schemes uh, for these kinds of uh, offset uh, offset credits. Professor Burkett. Uh, you know, it is something, it is a growing market, uh, it is a new market. How real is it? Can we really undo what we have done over the past decades? It's a really complicated question to answer. Uh, my my apologies. But, it's, it's, <laughs> it's something that just came off the top of my head. Because like, <laughs> we, no, no, no. we hear it so often and then we it kind yeah. of raises hopes. That's why I ask. Yeah, no, no, that's right. And it's a completely reasonable question, by the way. And it's one that even the specialists struggle with. So broadly, you know, there, there, there are different ways in which you could uh, offset your, your if you took a flight, for instance. So either you could get someone to plant a tree and mm-hmm. trees absorb carbon and then you could lock it, lock that carbon that, you know, you, you emitted by flying in the tree. Or you could, uh, for instance, another way of doing it, which is slightly more complicated, you could pay for a scheme that would stop a forest from being felled. So, um, you know, you'd, you'd keep the, the, the carbon that was locked in those tree trunks and roots where they were. But you could also, you know, invest in community projects to, um, you know, bring cleaner cook sco- stoves, for instance. So reducing carbon emissions that the people are using when they're cooking and so on. And there are many different ways in which you could either directly lock up carbon or prevent, um, uh, avoid carbon from being emitted in the first place. And that's what these carbon offset schemes are trying to trying to do. So there's a lot of, as you can imagine, quite complicated questions around that. So one might be to do with, you know, that's a technical issue to do with additionality. So mm-hmm. um, would would the person buying the cook stove have bought the cook stove anyway or by you funding them to buy the cook stove are they doing something differently so are you in fact adding to the avoided carbon through your through your uh, your credit and therefore that that's one another another big question might be for instance for the tree so you know the tree has a certain life how how you know it might lock up carbon for say 20 years but then someone might come along and chop the tree down and burn it for, for charcoal or something, and then the carbon gets released anyway. So permanence is a big issue in these kinds of things. So um, these are all, you know, technically now more, 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 more standardized. We know how to do these things. Uh, the schemes are regulated, and uh, people try to make sure that, you know, there is additionality, there is permanence and so on. But it is a really complicated area and one that people worry about, really. You know, is there cheating going on? Or uh, how can we be sure that when someone is validating this for us, they're telling the truth? Or, uh, you know, um, how do we know that if they're telling the truth today, they're still 
protecting that scheme in a decade's time, which is what you would need to do to prevent that, that, that ton of carbon going into the atmosphere, for instance. So there are lots of really complicated questions around this, and people worry about that, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. I mean, is offsetting alone going to be enough, or are we actively going to be looking to change the way we do things and how we live? Offsetting is always going to be something on the edge, Hmm. Most of what we have to do is ourselves through yeah. the way we, we live, uh, cutting, cutting carbon emissions. So that means uh, that we need to switch to renewables uh, away from gas and coal. And I, you know, you can do that very easily in the UK today. You can just switch to a provider that only provides electricity from windmills and solar and, and biogas and so on. Um, we need to uh, think carefully about when, you know when we're using transport. You know, if we, can we can we travel by train or bus instead of using the car? Uh, when we're heating our homes, definitely insulating heavily. I know a lot of people have been thinking about that this this winter with the cost of energy. You know, try and prevent the amount. You know, reduce the amount of energy you're using. And obviously, when you're thinking about flying, you know, try and, you know, try and think critically about whether you need to fly or whether you might be able to go by train or something like that. So um, I think that will be the core of how we get to net zero. But there'll always be some emissions that we can't avoid. I mean, we can't at the moment, uh, you know, fly across the Atlantic yeah. uh, without using kerosene. And uh, very unlikely that within the next decade that will be possible. So those kinds of emissions we'll always want to offset i think so it'll have a place but it won't be the main uh, the main uh, vehicle for doing it so what other sustainable technologies are out there which can effectively combat climate change well as i've I'm talked mm. about i mean the, the main the main things that are happening in in our society right now is the decarbonization of electric power so when you when you use electricity in your home or in your business um it is very easy now to switch to fully renewable and therefore, you know, zero, zero carbon electricity. And that is a very, very important part of our total emissions, carbon emissions in this country. You know, it's about a third. So if we can decarbonize that, that's moving a long way. There are going to be, you know, sustainable heat is, a, is the next big problem. Um, obviously, we need to insulate our homes and use, you know, LED lamps and all those kinds of things. Um, and gradually, we probably will have to wean ourselves off um, gas, oil and those kinds of um, uh, fuels for heating yeah, as well. So all of that's coming. There's loads of options, lots of ad adoption going on, transforming our energy economies. Um, Professor, my only concern, and it's a real concern because it, it, it's something you see every day, it's, I, I agree with everything that you're saying about sustainable um, uh, technologies and alternatives. That's not um, a choice anymore. It's a must, something we will have to do. That's right. But is, it's for, for, for the Joe blog, for the, for, the, for the common man out there, it's about the desire is there to do that because nobody wants to not save the planet, but yeah. everything costs, everything mm. that they need help. And and it seems yeah. to me the political desire in lip service is there, but in implementation we seem to be lacking. So how do we balance that? Well, you know, people 
obviously want to do the right thing, but they also want to be able to afford it. So I think that's what you're saying. Yes. And, and yes. it has to make their life easier, you know. So, um, so yeah, so uh, just on, 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 on cost, we, we all know now that energy is a really expensive thing. Um, you know, price has gone up, uh, cost of living crisis and so on. Uh, people are turning down their thermostats, uh, thinking carefully about trying to insulate their homes. And so I think there's a real strong financial driver. That, uh, but obviously, government needs to come in as well sometimes yeah. and, um, you know, help people uh, subsidize the electric vehicles, for instance. There are big schemes to help people buy electric vehicles to bring down the cost to make it possible to put in charging networks and so on. That's another role for government to inform people about you know healthy living you know a bit of active travel try and leave the car at home maybe use a bicycle or or walk you know walking is very very healthy so um uh, a report came out yesterday in fact about the relationship between healthy living and um uh, a better diet uh, with less meat meat in it for instance which is also good for the planet uh, active travel uh, and so on. So I think there are all sorts of ways in which you can you can try and persuade people that making these kinds of choices, not only better for their health, better for the environment, they're actually cheaper. And now nowadays they really work. So they, they make your life easier. So I think um, these are all things that, uh, you know, individuals have to make choices about and they're complicated. But I think there are more and more good reasons to make these good choices. Finally, um, Professor, as a society, it is our responsibility that we leave a better world for the future generations. I mean, I know you've given a lot of examples, but your final piece of advice for our listeners that they can do immediately, um, you know, something where they don't need to. I know you've given a lot of options, but but just a final piece of advice or suggestion you might have for our listeners or for, for us of how we can. I mean, we're doing this show to raise awareness mm. Um, yeah. And, and uh, you know, what is it that we can do more to 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 ensure that people actually get the the uh, the message of how severe of a desperate situation we are getting to? Well, I think we all we all are aware of climate change, not just in this country. You know, record heat, forty degree temperature last last year, and so on in the in the in the in, in the summer. But around the world, the the, the floods of Pakistan uh, last year. I mean, these kinds of events are really serious, affecting millions and millions of people now. So that's one 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 side. Uh, just a piece of advice about what 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 you might do. I'd say there are two, there's a two things you could do. One is. If you haven't, if you if you purchase electricity, mm-hmm. uh, move to a provider that is only providing green electricity, so okay. renewables. Just do that. It's very simple. Same price. Um, uh, uh, a very simple thing to do. Just switch to a renewable provider. And the other the other thing I would say, which is really effective, is just think about your diet. Awesome. Um, you know, so think about just eating more vegetables and and just a bit a bit less meat. So. Well, the way I started doing this was just two days a week, cut out the meat, and and that has actually really, really a significant. You'd be you'd be surprised a significant impact on your on your carbon f- footprint. Just just think about introducing more vegetables into your diet. Very good for your health, and you're saving the planet. Awesome, Professor Burkett. Thank you so much, sir, for coming on to the breakfast show on Voice of Islam this morning and putting some. 
real substance into our topic of the morning. I wish you a fantastic day ahead. May peace be with you, sir. Peace be with you. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, sir. Um, that piece of advice that Professor gave falls just in line, exactly in line with the... Um, it falls in line with the, the teachings of Islam. Um, but before we get to having a conversation about this and conclude this topic, let's go listen to uh, an audio of uh, His Holiness, the fifth caliph of the Promised Messiah, um, Hazrat Mirza Masood Ahmed, uh, may Allah strengthen his hand, the head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community who talked about uh, um, climate change and carbon consumption. This climate change problem is the issue everywhere all across the world. And especially in the third world countries where the population is increasing in numbers without any proportion, just to accommodate this population, you are increasing your residential areas. And because of increasing the residential areas, you are cutting the forest. So this deforestation is also causing climate change. So whenever you cut any tree, you should plant two trees to replace that tree. And whenever your population is increasing, you should also increase in that area where there is already some clear area, not that you do deforestation. And apart from that, fuel consumption should also be reduced. Now we have become so lazy that if we want to go from one place to the other place and the distance is only 100 yards or 200 yards, instead of walking to the place, we shall take our motorbike or the car to go to that place, right? And in this way also you are polluting the atmosphere. And there are so many other factors which are causing pollution and climate change. Although we cannot say that because of the fear of climate change, we should not produce children or do family planning. No, but at the same time, we should plan in such a way that the forest should not be cut without any proportion. If you cut one tree, you plant two trees, start new developments, residential developments in those areas which are near to the town and the, the big villages so that the forests are not disturbed. And at the same time, use less such type of vehicles which are being run by fuels and making pollution in the atmosphere. And apart from that, if God wishes that he has to reduce the population of this world, then the law of nature will also work. So if you are using motorbike, don't use it too much. If you are using car, don't use it too much. Eh? It would be better if you walk even up to one mile distance. Doesn't matter. And there we had uh, His Holiness, the fifth caliph of the promised Messiah and the head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Masur Ahmed, may Allah strengthen his hand. Sound advice. Yeah. Perfect advice. You know, it mm. goes back to what mm. the professor was also yes. talking about, that walking. Yes. Look, you know, it's it's good for the environment. It's good for you. It's good for your soul. It's good for your brain, and it's good for your body. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you know what's the the most beautiful thing about it? It's such a simple thing. Mm. It doesn't cost us. We don't need to go like a membership for the gym. It's yeah. just do a bit of walking, mm. save the environment. And you know, especially these days, I think um, 
with the cost of living crisis and the rise rising petrol prices, it's good <laughs> to walk, save some money anyway. Absolutely, yeah. And and like you said, the benefits of walking itself is such a simple thing. Anyone can do it straight away, you know? There is obviously a responsibility of man. I mean, unfortunately, mm. the, the, the nature of man over decades, over centuries, has been to destroy the beautiful earth that God has mm. given us. Mm. He gave us this beautiful earth. And what we have done mm. is that we have managed to, to take it and destroy it. What is what does Islam say about um, climate change and and not just climate change? Climate change is something that uh, has happened mm -hmm. because of the re the actions. But what is the responsibility of mankind to towards Earth? Absolutely. So you know, um, in in the Holy Quran, in the chapter fifty three, verse forty, it says that man will not get anything unless he works hard. So, you know, there's no doubt about the fact that a man cannot make any progress without effort and hard work. So, for example, one who studies wholeheartedly becomes a scholar. Similarly, a farmer who plows the farm, sows seeds in it and waters them is soon rewarded with crops. On the other hand, um, you know, whoever is lazy and indolent and does not do any work is, you know, faced with woes and worries. So, uh, you know, the Holy Prophet always insisted upon working hard uh, he's reported to have said that one who works is the friend of Allah and one who does not work is considered by Allah to be his enemy that's such beautiful teachings this is this is why Islam is such a beautiful religion and because you just look at the life I mean if if you want to understand Islam look mm -hmm. at the life of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him you know he he he's, he's, a, he's an amazing man he 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 provided for for his family. He worked, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. People thought, oh, he was just going around preaching. He wasn't. He was he was working, right? He 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 provided for his family. He spent time with his family, and on top of that, he was doing so many nice charitable actions to the people around him, providing for society as well at large, and not just for his family. And then, of course, then he was spreading the the message of Islam as well. So this is, I think, for us as a society, is that we, everything we do has an effect and we can be positive role members of society people sometimes um, accuse religions uh, and particularly Islam that oh it's an ancient old religion mm -hmm. doesn't affect mm -hmm. us today yeah, what's yeah. in the Quran what's mm -hmm. in the holy scriptures mm -hmm. whether it's Islam or other religions mm -hmm. it's not relevant everything we do is relevant and like Brother Kuyum said at the beginning of the show everything we do it's, it's intertwined it's our daily it's like breathing you know the beauty of, of the Holy Quran is that it will be relevant from the day it was revealed to the end of time. Yes. It is it is how you read it. Yes. It's what you understand from it. Yes. If you truly want to understand the beautiful word of God, then there's loads of uh, commentaries um, um, on the Holy Quran. Um, but if, if, if it is a subject that comes to mind, but um, the philosophy of the teachings um, of Islam, if you read that book, mm. um, and then there are... Uh, commentaries on the Holy Quran. There's loads of books. If you go to alislam.org, mm. you can access these books. Um, and uh, I can assure you, uh, there will be an eye opener. You've been listening to the Breakfast Show with myself, you and Brother Asim, Brother Khalid. Um, we have been talking about. Uh, we we spoke earlier um, about um, the, the 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 damage vaping um, is doing, but mm. the benefits also um, of vaping in a sense that uh, how many people have weaned off smoking tobacco right. and gone on to 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 vaping but we um, um between ourselves we discussed 
the responsibilities that um, parents have, um, the responsibility of other people within society to ensure that we are not moving people from one addiction to another um, in the name of uh, trying to get people um, off these addictions. We spoke of addiction and for the past hour or so we've been talking about mangrove trees and the and and the reason why they exist and and why a UK charity is supporting projects in Kenya because of the benefit that they are doing to uh, the 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 earth yes. and uh, um, and how it's um, making its uh, difference in the climate change um, 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 war I suppose that is happening in and around the world. Um, we've reached the end of uh, our show. Um, tomorrow it will be brother. Walid and uh, Brother Tokir, as usual, who will be joining you, and they will be talking about the Abrahamic Family House, a beacon of mutual understanding, harmonious coexistence and peace. And they will also be talking about why is pork bad for you? It's a question that um, I think is a very relevant question Definitely. that a lot of non-Muslims ask. Mm. They always say, well, nowadays animals are all clean and whatnot. Mm. So um, definitely do tune in um, and to find out why is pork forbidden in, 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 in Islam. Um, um, thank you to Malaha Tatar, um, uh, Halima Ahmed, Salih Ahmed, Sal, uh, Kanta Khan, Barira Haroon, Halima Ahmed for preparing uh, the fantastic show today. Uh, thank you to our brother uh, Zishan in tech, without whom we wouldn't be on air. And uh, thank you to brother Khalid and brother, Hash, uh, brother Asim for joining me this thank morning you. and, uh, uh, and uh, kind of uh, having a fantastic two hours. Um, and thank you to all of our guests for taking time out and coming on to uh, The Breakfast Show. Thank you to you for listening. Um, please forgive any shortcomings on our part. Please remember us in your prayers. May God always be with you until we meet again. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all.